Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Take Tuesday. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep them coming on the text line 704-570-9610. Let's see what we got on the text line. 704 number says, Wes, I know you are going to Campus Corner, but do you see them going after a corner now with the news about Horn? Um, He's going to be out a few weeks, so I don't know that they should necessarily make a move on a hamstring injury. If he was going to miss like half the season or the full season, maybe. Uh, we had another 704 number. 704-906 says they need to draft another cornerback next year. So do you think they'll maybe hit the free agent market, see what they can grab off of the um, – I think they'll get – Grab a, off the street. I think they'll get another corner. Yeah, I think they will too. Uh, well, I mean, because even if he's out for just a, a couple of weeks, that's a big deal. Your <laughs> – you know you don't have a lot of margin for error to try to win these games, especially in a division matchup coming up next week. And I think with Troy Hill coming in as a guy that is going to have to replace J.C. Horn, you need some depth on the back end because C.J. Henderson, I don't know how much Frank Reich really trusts him. He had a lot of great comments about him during the offseason. I know we don't, Wes. The Panthers fans mm-hmm. certainly don't. You cut Keith Taylor, and nobody was mad about that because it was about his time. So I just think they need some depth. Yeah, maybe you can go out there and find somebody to help you with the depth. All right. Well, now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. Well, on top of the Aaron Rodgers bad news on football, North Carolina has gotten more bad news as well. North Carolina's Board of Trustees held an emergency meeting Monday to receive a legal update regarding wide receiver Ted Walker, who remains eligible to play, ineligible, excuse me, to play in 2023. After a final NCAA hearing last Thursday, head coach Mac Brown attended the meeting and afterward held his weekly radio show uh, where he discussed it. And so he said, quote, there's a lot of question marks that from a legal standpoint that we have to look at. He won't play Saturday. I don't think he'll play for the rest of the year. But I don't know that. I don't know the legal ramifications. A lot of people are looking into that now. So he remains a part of the team, participating in practice. Program showed his support for him in Saturday's home opener by putting a sticker with his number nine on the game's helmet and making him an honorary captain for the pregame coin toss at midfield. Mac Brown says simply, quote, we need change. So what do we think about this and all of the efforts that UNC is putting into this? Even uh, rumors coming about them maybe taking this through the judicial process as well to try to see what they can do. But Mac Brown pretty much saying that I don't think that he will play for the rest of the year. Sounds like that we're starting to come to the end of this journey. Yeah, I mean, I hope that they exhaust all of their options as much as they possibly can to see if they can get Tez Walker on the football field because we all know it's wrong. We all know the NCAA deciding to keep Tez Walker out of football is very wrong if they want to say that they care first and foremost about their words, quote-unquote, the student-athlete. That's their word, right? If you care so much about them mm-hmm. and you want to have them abide by the title, well, I guess you want to strip them from that athlete moniker and just have them become a student. 
I think you should care about them enough to let them play, especially in this kind of circumstance. So, yeah, I hope they exhaust all their options, whether it be legal, whether it be, you know, varying levels of how you're going to legislate this thing. Hopefully he can come back out onto the football field. But I'm with you. I would bet against it at this point. And the last word on this, he said, uh, Max said that they called them and told them to tell him no. He said that Tez can't even talk because he's so distraught. We're afraid to let him go back to his room by himself. We got him to go home, and he missed class for two days. Uh, we're worried he'll drop out of school. We're worried he might really struggle mentally. We're just worried about his future and his health. They didn't care. So, yeah, man, that uh, definitely stinks for this young man, and hopefully, you know, he can stay positive, sit that year out, and then uh, get ready to come back and play for North Carolina next year and see if he can help this football team. But a man that's definitely helping uh, his football team and that Carolina will not be able to go out and sign at this point to come and play cornerback is Travis Hunter from the, the Colorado Buffaloes. And so we talked about how he played over 120-plus snaps in their first game. And against Nebraska, it continued. There was no difference. Uh, he played 69 of 77 offensive snaps, had three catches for 73 yards. On defense, he played 57 of 63 snaps, had four tackles and one pass breakup. I'll start the conversation with saying that if this young man continues at this pace, Colorado has a great season, and he has a, a really good season on either or both sides of the ball. This could be the greatest season in college football that we've ever seen. And I, and I say that because when you talk about the pace in which they play, I've said it before. When we ran two-minute drill, I used to be gassed, okay? Now in college football, they play two-minute drill the entire game. There's no, I make a tackle, then I go back to the huddle, and I get to catch my breath for five seconds before I come out and go to the next snap. It's no, I make a tackle, I get right up, go to the line, I got action again. Offense, the same thing. I go catch a 40, 50-yard bomb. I got to hustle to the line of scrimmage and get ready to go for the next snap. So to me, as far as just from an endurance standpoint, we've seen the Champ Baileys. We've seen the Charles Woodsons of the world. We've seen some of those guys and what they've done. But nobody's done what this kid is doing right now. And if he continues to play this many snaps, don't forget also he contributes on special teams as well. Do you feel like this could be the greatest single individual season in college football history? I don't think so. I think it's going to be really hard to accomplish that. Even if he's doing something that's never been done before, I have no problem if you wanted to try to put it in the top 10 or something like that. But even with how much value he holds as what is a very good wide receiver and a very good cornerback, it's crazy what he's doing. I'm not arguing that. But to say that it's going to be the best college football season of all time, to me, that means a pretty high bar of checking off big boy accomplishments so Heisman winning championship being the reason that you're there I think of Tim Tebow in 2007 to be specific and I think of Cam Newton in 2011 especially with the lack of talent compared to other championship teams I think of Cam Newton being there as well even if you are playing what to me is a very important position at wide receiver and at cornerback I still can't say that's more important than a dynamite quarterback. So I would still go with some of those other guys. But what we're doing is you're asking me to say, is it number one or is it number five? I don't want to disrespect him by saying it's not number one because what he's doing, it's bonkers. Let's say he has, crazy. let's say he goes 800 to 1,000 yards receiving, catches 10 plus touchdowns and gets 
five or so interceptions, a lot of pass breakup stuff like that. I mean, it'll be crazy. I think it's got to be up there as far as well for sure. Top three to four in my book, just as far as the endurance and and everything that requires in today's college football. But I think that's the caveat one. that I put right. on it. But I'm with you. I but think like he has a, one. He would have a strong argument to me for number one. I just Heisman championship playing quarterback. I mean, yeah, still, I get that. I get that. But I I'm just saying, it. as far as just straight individual accomplishments in a season, because I think if he puts up those kind of numbers playing both sides of the ball and Colorado is in the top 10, I think he's getting the Heisman. Well, is he going to even beat a guy on his own team? I think, man, it, it would be hard. They, they have a chance to cannibalize each other, but I think that Man, it would be hard to turn down that type of season, especially to me the key for him if he gets 1,000 yards receiving. If he gets 1,000 yards receiving and plays 90-plus percent of the offensive and defensive snaps, man, I don't know how you how you look away from that, man. That That is something. Fiddy, what do you think about this? I think the thing that makes it difficult is, like, for it to be the greatest season ever, Colorado's got to be in playoff contention. We went over their schedule yesterday. They got Oregon and USC coming up in back-to-back weeks. And, look, they've been impressive the first two weeks. I don't think they're beating Oregon. I don't think they're beating USC. So, I think he may have the most interesting season maybe in college football history. Because I think the best seasons, I mean, Tebow's Heisman year, Cam's Heisman year. No doubt. Johnny's Heisman year. I don't know if he's going to be on that level for 12 weeks. I think at some point his body's going to give out. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll Lamar see. was incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Lamar. we'll see, man, as the season goes along.